I love running a membership and mine comes in the form of the Tutors Mastermind. If you're unsure what a membership model is, it's generally when people pay monthly for access to something. Often, but not always, they can cancel at any time. It's not the same as charging a fixed figure and arranging a payment plan so that people can pay off that figure over time. Now, when I was considering launching the Cheetahs Mastermind in the membership form that it's in, I honestly wasn't sure if I'd enjoy it because I had a lot of fears around it. Things like, what if I run out of ideas? How about if I want to have a break? And so on. But just over a year on, I haven't felt the need to have a break because I've designed it in a way where it's not stressful for me. And while I have to work around it to a point, I don't feel tied down. For instance, I went to India in February for a month and continued the mastermind with very little, if any, disruption. So in this episode, I'm going to share 10 lessons I've learned from running my membership for just over a year to help you start and or grow your membership. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. Memberships are a great way to create recurring revenue, but of course you can only do that if people become members. So I don't advise people to choose it as a business model simply because it gives recurring revenue, but instead because it presents an opportunity to give clients just what they need. So before I talk you through the 10 lessons I've learned from launching and growing mine, I'll start with how to decide what to offer. I'll be delving into some areas of this shortly, but one thing that gave me the confidence to go for it and to be sure that people would sign up was to speak to people beforehand. I formed the idea and floated it with existing clients. They gave me really useful feedback, but it was their thumbs up that made me realise that I was onto something that people would want to be a part of. And the reason I'm starting here is because I think you do need to invest both time and money when starting a membership. So it's better to do that once you're sure it's what your clients want. So let's dive into my 10 lessons learned. In no particular order, the first one is to be prepared for or accept that people will use your membership as they wish. Just because you have a specific vision for it and a plan for how members can use it, it's their membership. For instance, when someone joins my mastermind as a full member, amongst lots of other things, they get access to two live group coaching or training sessions a month. Now, when I was setting this up, I was a bit worried about protecting the group size and figured that once the numbers exceeded 20, the live coaching group would get a bit too large for people to ask questions and for us to have the kind of discussions that everyone can participate in and get value from. But a year on, I've exceeded 20 members and the group session is still pretty small. And that's because not everyone comes to the live sessions. Some people join because they want the recordings and the Facebook group and the bonus training and discounted mentoring. So showing up live isn't their priority. Now I'm sharing this as the first lesson learnt because it happens in every membership I know of. I'm a member of other business memberships as well. And when you're just starting, it can be unnerving. 
You worry that maybe they're not interested and they're going to leave or that the way you've structured it isn't very good. And so I'll circle back to that lesson that we have to accept that people will use the membership as they wish. And that's great. It means they're getting what they need out of it, which is the whole reason you set it up. My second lesson learnt is to be open to it evolving and changing over time. Linked to the fact that this membership kind of belongs to your clients because without them, there is no membership, I've gained a lot from listening to the members. Now, this isn't the same as bending to everything they say they want because as I learnt the hard way, you really can't please everyone. I'll tell you what happened, I think it was about eight months ago. We started the mastermind with a different topic every group coaching session and the feedback I was getting was that people were finding it a bit overwhelming because they didn't have time to action everything before needing to move on to the next topic. That was very fair feedback so we switched to having monthly themes. Now we focus on one topic for an entire month and then circle back to them every so often. But in addition to that some suggested they wanted time in the session itself to action some of the tasks. So let's say we were having a session on social media content strategies. They want a time in the live session to write their content. Now, I have to admit, I wasn't keen because my sessions are actionable. People get things done. But when you take any kind of training, the onus is on you to make time for some of the more independent or ongoing activities. But, and here was my mistake, although it took away from how I like to run sessions, I thought, well, my preference doesn't matter. If that's what they're saying they want, then that's what I'll give them. So I did. But then another group of members told me they preferred it the way it was before. So I found myself completely torn because the group were divided. Half of them wanted one thing, the other half wanted something totally different and there really wasn't an in-between. And when I reflected on it, I decided to revert to how the sessions were in terms of being packed with value and actions partly because I do think that if we take any kind of training, it really is our responsibility to take action, but also because that's my style of training. That's the deal when you work with me. So if someone likes working with me, it's because they like the fact that they get stuff done in sessions and leave with actions to take things forward. And I accept that there'll be people who won't be compatible with me, and that's okay. And when I reverted back to the way I was already running things to my natural style, an interesting thing happened. When I announced that that's what was going to happen, nobody left the mastermind. They all stayed. So here is the big lesson learnt. Listen to your members because without them, my mastermind wouldn't be what it is today and it wouldn't keep evolving. But do think carefully about which suggestions you're going to implement and which ones just don't quite work. My third lesson learnt, and in some situations this isn't needed, is to screen people before they join. How you do this is going to largely depend on what happens inside your membership. For my mastermind, people can join as a videos only member. And since they simply get access to the recorded sessions and none of the more live or community led elements, I don't need to screen people. They can just click a link and join. But the style of my group sessions and how the members operate is that they're very open and honest. They're not afraid to be vulnerable. And when they say they're struggling with something in their business, other members support them. And I'm really proud of that. It was exactly my vision. But if I don't create and maintain a safe space, then it would completely shift that culture. And that's why, to be a full member, I speak to everyone beforehand and they join by invitation. Now, you might be thinking, but that is such a time commitment to be speaking to everyone before they join. And you know what? It is. 
And I know that I could have had more people in the mastermind by now if I let them just click a link to join as a full member. But the way I see it is that it's an investment and it's how I want to maintain the culture of the mastermind. Because I speak to everyone beforehand, I understand their businesses and individual struggles, which means I can make my live sessions really strong because I have them in mind as I create them. And it means that people can feel safe to be open in the group, knowing that not just anyone can join. So although the majority, if not all of the coaches who offer memberships don't do this, I personally really like speaking to everyone before they join. And I'd like to think it's one of the reasons why most of them stay in the mastermind for a long period of time. And that links to my fourth tip, which is to make sure that you know what your fundamental values for your membership are. A value that I feel really strongly about is that it needs to be a safe and supportive space, which means that if I think someone might be very guarded or competitive, it simply isn't the right mastermind for them. So I protect the mastermind based on those values and I would suggest, however you do it, you do the same with your membership. Decide on its culture and do everything you can to foster that. And the reason I think that this is important is because if we think about the business advantage of a membership, it's the recurring income that makes it attractive. But you'll only get recurring income and some kind of stability if your members stay. So you don't want membership numbers to keep fluctuating all the time. So protecting its culture goes a long way in creating member loyalty. So it's not just about getting people through the door. It's about keeping them. And one of the ways I do that is by being very visible with how I protect it. My fifth lesson learnt is to be really clear on what you offer your members within the membership and guide them. This sounds so obvious, doesn't it? But placing a boundary around it is harder than you think. Because when it comes to people paying monthly to have access to things, it's tempting to just keep adding to it. But as much as it feels like you're offering even more, which only strengthens the offering, if you don't make decisions carefully, it can get messy. Firstly, it can dilute being able to communicate the problems you're actually solving, which in turn can confuse people. But secondly, it can be overwhelming for members. Imagine you've just joined a membership with loads going on. You wouldn't know where to start. So I'm not saying not to add things to your membership over time. I certainly have. But I've learned that it's useful to be careful about what you add and to guide people through the process. For instance, prompted by some of the members, I recently added a tutor directory to the membership so that people could recommend one another to students. So when someone joins, I start by sending them a welcome email with just the first thing to get started with. Then a week or so later, I mention the directory and give them instructions on how to add their name to it. So I'm not just giving people access to everything and expecting them to find their way around. And I'm also not telling them everything all in one go. I'm drip feeding the information so it's not overwhelming and I help them navigate. This concept of being clear about what your membership offers also applies on a more granular level of making sure that you know who it's right for and who it isn't right for. It is tempting to just welcome everyone, but if you do, the way you help them will naturally become quite generic. For instance, the kind of support someone who's just launching their tutoring business needs is different to someone who's looking to grow and scale. So if I try and help everyone with everything, I can't be very tailored or specific. Now, I do help people in all those areas, and the way I approach it is by differentiating my training so it applies to whichever stage someone is in, and by choosing topics that are of interest to everyone. In fact, I run polls so that the full members can have a say in what we cover each month. 
I also make sure my training is questions led so that people can tailor the actions to their individual situations. But the really laser sharp tailored work happens in one to one sessions, which complements the membership. So full members get a discount on those. So I do have a lot packed into the membership, but I help people navigate based on where they're at and what they need. My sixth lesson learnt is to accept that I can't accommodate everyone. Deciding on when to host my live sessions was one of the hardest parts of starting my membership because I had a list of people who were ready to join, but I couldn't find a time that suited all of them and me. It's really hard, especially when you've just started your membership, to let go of people who really want to join, but it's just one of those things you have to do. My coaching sessions run in the morning and that means that all the people who have full-time jobs can't make them. They simply can't join in. Sure, they can watch the recordings and access the other bonuses, which many of them do, but some specifically want the live sessions and I just have to accept that I can't arrange things to suit everyone. So as well as accepting that you can't please everyone, which I was talking about earlier, we also have to accept that certain decisions will exclude some people who might want to join, but that's just part of it. My seventh lesson learned is something that people often find hard when trying something new, and that is to invest in the right support and technology in advance. This can be really uncomfortable. Before I launched the Mastermind, I was spending money on new tech, paying for more hours with my assistant and spending time writing manuals for her and training her. I was spending time and money before I started making a penny from the mastermind, but this was so worth it. You see, when people are ready to hit that buy button, they're excited and we don't want the process to be confusing or convoluted at that stage. It could put them off. Also, a membership model will only give you recurring income and stable income if people join and stay. So it's important to give them the best experience possible. The main investment that I made was in my learning management system. I use Thinkific and if you want to explore using it through a free account, the link is in the show notes. I won't go into detail about why I specifically chose Thinkific, but of all the ones on the market, it was the one that ticked the most boxes for me. Now, the reason why having something like that to support a membership model is important because it gives you the facility to create a private space for members. Some people do this through a Facebook group, which can work as well. But from my experience, many people aren't very active on Facebook or they miss notifications. So I host all my recorded sessions in Thinkific, including downloadable resources, and it gives me an end to end solution people can pay for, manage their subscription and access everything through the one platform. And making sure I had the right support in place has made the whole thing so much easier. Launching anything is hard. It takes up a lot of your headspace. It takes up a lot of time. And just knowing that everything was in place for my assistant to take care of, things like the admin heavy tasks like editing videos and uploading them, just that alone eased so much pressure. So my advice would be to invest in support and tech before you launch, if you can. It is so worthwhile. And if you want the link to set up a free account with Thinkific, the link is in the show notes. Now, my eighth lesson learned is one that alleviates a lot of fear for people who are worried about launching something that doesn't have an end date like a membership. And that is to plan as much as possible in advance and keep adding to that plan as you go along. Before I launched my mastermind, I was worried about running out of topics to deliver training on. But two things became very clear. Firstly, it made me feel better by listing a whole load of ideas which I continually add to. 
And the second thing is what I already knew as a teacher and a trainer, but in a panic I momentarily forgot. People need to learn things more than once to absorb it. So if you're doing something similar to me where you are posting content, learning content, then you can circle around a lot of the same themes. So how you plan depends entirely on the nature of your membership. But for mine, it makes sense to circle around some core themes and approach them from different angles. So I could choose the theme of content marketing. But under that are ways to write content that converts, social media marketing, email marketing, video content, and so on. And this doesn't just alleviate the feeling of being on a constant content treadmill. It also helps you promote your membership and keep people excited about being in it because you can talk about what's to come. My ninth lesson learned is related to something I touched on earlier, and that is to consider how you will keep people in your membership. Just getting people to join isn't the aim. It's to keep people in. There are lots of subtle ways you can do that. But one big way is to make sure that members feel seen and heard. It really creates a sense of community and a sense of how they are an active part of the membership. One of the ways I do this is by letting them choose what topics we cover each month. As I mentioned earlier, I also respond to what they say they need and want, like the directory of tutors. And because I speak to each member before they join, and I work with so many of them on a one-to-one basis as well, I tailor the advice to them and I'll often tag them in useful resources that I see around. I support them outside the membership. Many of them message me with questions and I support things like their social media content. In short, although a membership is a one-to-many model, I do my best to nurture a one-to-one relationship with each member. My 10th and last lesson learnt for today is to make sure you promote your membership in a sustainable way. A big thing that can help with this is to decide on what kind of marketing schedule will work for you. There are generally two kinds of memberships in my niche – open ones and closed ones. Mine is open, which means that people can join at any time. A closed one is when people can only join at specific times when enrolment is open. Each comes with pros and cons. My open membership means that my marketing has to be ongoing. If it were closed, then I'd have to have a hard marketing push at specific times, but it's not something I'd have to do all year round. If you don't know which way to go, I'll tell you why I made the decision to keep mine open, which might help you decide. I used to run group classes in my tuition business where each were for a specific age group. It ran in half-termly blocks, so every six weeks or so I had to really promote it to get new enrolments. From doing that for a good couple of years, I realised it wasn't for me. I found the promotion every six weeks and planning it exhausting. And that was one of the big reasons why I changed my group tutoring model completely. Now I put students together myself into groups. The groups are small and they're all in the same school year, which means they just carry on from one year to the next. So when I launched the Tutors Mastermind, I knew that I was much happier with ongoing marketing. I find it a lot easier because I'm not under pressure to promote it at certain times. Instead, I might do a push now and again, but it's whenever I want. I'm not tied to a schedule and nor do I have the feeling that if I don't market hard, I might be missing out on new clients. So there really isn't a right and wrong here. You just have to choose which style you like. So I'll finish off with a quick list of the 10 lessons learned so that you can go back and listen to and think about any specific ones that you want to focus on. They are number one, be prepared for members to use your membership as they wish. You just keep running it the way you intended. And don't see it as a negative if people don't use it how you intended. 
The second one was to be open to it evolving over time. This is a good thing. I talked about how I'm often led by member suggestions, but by being open to them isn't the same and shouldn't be the same as saying yes to every request. My third lesson learnt was if you can and if it makes sense, I have seen huge benefits to screening people before they join because it protects the culture of my membership. And that links to my fourth tip, which is being really clear on the fundamental values and principles of your membership and to safeguard them. My fifth one was to be clear on what your membership offers and guide people so that navigating the different areas of your membership isn't overwhelming. My sixth one was to accept that you can't accommodate everyone. People might really want to join and you might really want them to join, but if logistically it doesn't work for them, you sometimes just have to accept that that's part of it. My seventh lesson learned was to invest in the right support and technology beforehand. It goes a long way in making it more enjoyable for you and your members and it can encourage people to stay in your membership for longer too because they're getting a great experience. My eighth tip was to plan as much as possible beforehand and maintain it as an ongoing activity so that you're always ahead. It makes promoting, planning and sustaining the membership much easier. My ninth thing to consider is think of all the ways you can encourage people to stay in your membership. This isn't about getting as many people through the door as possible. It's about keeping members for as long as makes sense for them. And my 10th tip was to promote it in a sustainable way, which might include decisions about whether to have an open or closed membership. I hope you can learn from my experience and that I've helped you gain clarity on whether a membership model would work for you. And if it would, how you can really get it started. And if you already have one, I hope you've walked away with some ideas of how to grow it. All the links mentioned today are in the show notes and you'll hear from me on Wednesday for my PS episode, a micro episode to give you a shot of business inspiration. Thanks as always for listening and you'll hear from me then. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.